Hi everyone, it's Kasia here. We're not quite sure what happened with the audio. Um, it just came out like less good than it usually does. Sometimes the audio gods are just angry and there's no pleasing them. Um, huge, huge, huge thanks to our producer Nick who has managed to rescue this from the recycling bin. And also thank you to Jade Bailey for additional sound advice. It's a fun little episode. Uh, we recommend that you listen to it through um, a speaker instead of earphones. I am reliably informed by one of our listeners that they listen to this in the bath. So maybe you can do the same. <laughs> Enjoy. to Cursed Objects, a podcast about cultural history, politics and tat. Sort of like a cursed show and tell where every week we bring in an object and we explore the complex social worlds that surround it. We do, we do. Um, <laughs> and my name, you could not be more right, Kasha. And my, my name's Dan Hancock. I'm a journalist, author and this week I'm a jitterbug. Ah, nice. Oh, we both went for bug themes. Yeah, because I'm Dr. Cashti, historian and squanderbug. Oh, no, not the squanderbug. Yeah, we're going to get into it. Oh, my God. Sorry. Is that our, is that our cursed object? No. Week? Okay. Can I just recommend to our listeners that you Google the word squanderbug? And um, I'm going to invoke the words of Michael Burke in his uh, seminal 90s uh, TV show about the emergency services 1999 which was a terrifying programme for anyone who's like broadly zenial age like me. As a kid, uh, he would end it every week by saying, don't have nightmares. And he'd be like, I am going to have nightmares. And you implanting now, the seed. Michael. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Having just watched like a, a kid try and escape from a cave that was rapidly filling up with water <laughs> or someone getting a javelin through their neck. That's Michael the most famous one. Burke. Don't have nightmares. You're telling me don't have nightmares after that. How dare you? How dare you? Um, but also, have, once you Google Squanderbug, please don't have nightmares. Uh, it's World War II related. Well, we'll come on to it. Will we? Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Zoop. I'm going to shut up for now then. Um, okay. So let me tell you about the object that I brought in. So before we get onto it, there's just a little bit of a backstory. So mm -hmm. I visited the Charles Dickens Museum recently. Very good museum. Highly recommend. Just like really quite nice and little and just like interesting. They have a thing on like fog in London, like fog, <laughs> fog as a concept, but also as like a presence and in London. That's so cool in itself. Can I also like when you walk into the room, how immersive is it? Have they like filled the room no. with like, with like <laughs> liquid smoke? Or no, but they missed, they've missed a trick in not doing that. But anyway, like so... I was in this, <laughs> don't have nightmares. So I was in this, um, in this museum. By the way, Charles Dickens was incredibly sus. Yeah. Like really, really sus. Yeah. Like he got his wife sec, he tried to get his wife sectioned because he wanted to like 
And like he like publicly denounced her as like not loving their children. Really, really sus. It sounds like the he sounds like the great a great subject for Charles Dickens novel. <laughs> I would say, right? I thought you were going to say for an episode of Cursed. No, Dickens. no, just like you know, as a like a nineteenth century morality tale. Yeah, he yeah. He did a writing though, as he should yeah. have just done. Anyway, anyway, that aside, one of the most compelling bits of the exhibition was when you go downstairs mm. into the kitchen bit and there was this little text panel mm. with a little hedgehog on it. And it said oh. that in Victorian kitchens, they used to have little hedgehogs no, they did. running around. <laughs> they, they did, they did, they did, they did, they did. So this, this, and the reason, the, the reason why is that... <laughs> Sounds like a health and safety issue. I know. <laughs> Ow! <laughs> That's not a scourer. Yeah, exactly. Guess we're having hedgehog for dinner. <laughs> oh, my God. No, I'm not too for you. So, um, what I've brought in is from... Oh, my God. It's actually, it's a toy from mm. the Charles Dickens Museum. And it's a soft hedgehog toy. £8.50. Very cute. Um, and it says... Uh, hedgehogs were sometimes kept in Victorian kitchens to eat insects, oh. as there was a constant war against bugs. <laughs> this one is called Bill Spikes and is a vegetarian. Aww. I can't believe they made a soft toy. If they like anthropomorphized it enough, that it's a vegetarian. Even though the whole point of them was to eat bugs, but that is yeah. that is very cute. There it has its own identity, Bill Spikes. Look at his little feet. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I kind of. <laughs> I kind of wanted to bring this in as a cursed object because, although it's very sweet, I just thought the story behind the yeah. idea of hedgehogs in kitchens as like vermin control, mm. as pest control, because yeah. hedgehogs are nocturnal. A lot of these um, oh. bugs, they come out in the day, but a lot of them kind of like, I don't want to say they sleep in the day, but like, but, folks, yeah. <laughs> they're just like on the dole in the day and then at night partying in the kitchen. Um, no, but, <laughs> but hedgehogs are nocturnal. <laughs> when these, when these hedgehogs came alive at night, the bugs were also playing. So yeah. that's that's when the little hedgehogs would have their fill. So they would sleep in the day and then eat their feast at night, right? After like the dinner service has been finished, yeah. which is perfect timing because it's less. Then then you have fewer like hedgehog squishing incidents yeah. of the like we described before. Exactly, yeah. it's perfect. So the, the staff, the kitchen staff, go to bed. Yeah, they, they kind of unleash, a, like open a cage or something, and like I'm imagining like be free. Twenty hedgehogs come out and like, all right, you fuckers. Because also, can I just say this is a bit of an aside, but I actually, you know, in our plants episode, mm. I was talking about how the Instagram algorithm really got me with the variegated monstera. Mm. Actually, my Instagram algorithm is doing that with hedgehogs right now. Really? So I've actually been really tempted to buy one until I realised. Well, like a live. Like a live hedgehog. Wow. But I was like, well, what's the fucking point of that? Because I'll be, they'll be awake when I'm asleep. Oh. And I just don't have enough vermin in the house for them to well, live I'm, I'm pleased day. to hear you don't, you wouldn't be able to put it to work as a working animal. I mean, you know, a lot of domestic pets, uh, is it not the case that like sort of, big, they began life as working domestic pets, as it were. They were, you know, they were doing a similar job to our hedgehog there, yeah. if they were cats. If they were dogs, then they were, you know, pulling your sled to market and <laughs> <laughs> herding your sheep, I guess. Herding your sheep. Yeah, yeah. Keeping rogue uh, sheep from coming into the house. Yeah. Right. That's what they are. 
it's gone it's gone off topic but basically the theme of today's episode is pests yeah and bugs. not not pets not pets an anagram no, of that yes yeah. yeah okay um and i just i don't know i wanted to bring this up and i think it's a real pertinent one at the moment because of everything that's going on at the moment about bed bugs on the tube yeah and um in my like anxiety like braid like in my like riddled brain mm. i was like maybe if i get a hedgehog if i fucking get bed bugs maybe the hedgehog Ooh. could fulfill its you know so its function be, so it'd be a sort of preemptive strike on your part you'd be you know you'd yeah, be, but it's, be it's a little bit like warding <laughs> them off before they arrive so yeah, maybe yeah. word gets out to the bed bug community yeah, in the area yeah. Don't mess with, yeah. well, I'm not going to say your address or there, but like, don't mess with Cash's <laughs> house. Me. Yeah, doxing you as, as a person that, you know, I don't know, but is it, is it bad to have a working animal in, in, in is, modern yeah. Britain? Like, I feel like, yeah. you know, as with neither us are vegetarians or vegans, are we? But like, will we ever achieve you know, kimchi anarchist and I, utopia? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> will we, yeah, if, yeah, will it be an anarchist? Can it be an anarchist utopia? But I think they get, I think the hedgehogs would, en- well, I, I think that they would enjoy eating the bugs though. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, but I mean, I'm, okay, maybe this is all going off tangent, but I just thought. And I don't have them. I don't have bed bugs. So it's a little bit like, you, you know. You seem really keen to stress this point. Um, and we are sitting right next to each other. So maybe this is just for my benefit. But. It's a bit like in Australia when they had like a problem with frogs. So then they released snakes. And then they had a problem with snakes. No. And then they released something oh else. So I'll end up with hedgehogs and then I'll end up like... Yeah, that just sounds like a kid's book, doesn't it? It's sort of... But, but as, far as, as far as I know, you are right that like... Yeah, a great deal of Australian kind of ecology and sort of uh, natural environment generally was ruined by settler colonialism. Um, <laughs> Did think that we'd end up generally? No, yeah, yeah but, but but like specifically through the idiocy of like yeah. a, of a British aristocrat or yeah. settler being like I must I wanna, my bunny rabbit. Yeah, the bunny rabbits is the, mm-hmm. is the famous one, isn't it? But I didn't know that about frogs and snakes as well. Just like it's just a lot. Yeah. Um, I can't remember the name, how that rhyme goes now. Never mind. <laughs> so I was just fascinated as like a cultural phenomena, this bug, this bed bug thing, because mm. a very good mutual friend of ours, who I won't mention on air, um, a couple of, by he, name. Because he has bed bugs. No, no, he doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't have bed bugs. But this was like maybe two years ago. We were on the tube together and he was like, oh, do you mind if we don't sit down? I'm a bit paranoid about bed bugs. Oh, wow. And I was like to him, that's bonkers. Like, mm. that's just, what do you mean? Like, mm. what do you mean we're not going to sit down because yeah, of this, yeah, like, yeah. pretend thing that you think is a thing? <laughs> and then two years later, it, like, just emerges as this, like, societal, like, cultural... Um, Scourge. Yeah, like, moral panic, actually. <laughs> moral like, panic's exactly the right word. Yeah. So I was reading, uh, reading up on... Um, the bed bug stuff. Like obviously, quick aside, there are some very serious and upsetting news right, in the world at the moment, which we're not talking about on this light-hearted pop culture podcast where we have, you know, Cash and I are not experts in Israel Palestine. We've been thinking about very little else for the last mm-hmm. few weeks, I think, as so many, so many of our listeners will have done as well. So many of our friends have been reading, mm-hmm. listening to things. Uh, doom scrolling. Doom scrolling, feeling very sad and anxious and upset and um, one thing we would say is like there are lots of uh, very good expert mm. podcasts out there if you're mm. the sort of person that listens to podcasts then you probably are politics um, theory other it's that, just so yeah, good that was the one I was going to recommend yeah um, they, they've done some really good uh, deep 
kind mm. of uh, discussions and, and there's there's a lot more there's a lot of other good stuff out there uh, mm. with people who are more expert than us uh, it has been a uh, almost to me an amusing distraction that like when every other newspaper is correctly covering Israel Palestine the Daily Star still had bad bug bu was like here's the big news guys bed bugs are coming and then like two days later here's the even bigger news it's all Russia's fault somehow which we'll get to in a minute um but yeah they uh the idea that it's a more like even though it is obviously a much less important news story than the stuff that most of us are spending our time talking about at the moment it's been amped up yeah. in the way that these like infestation stories um are always amped up into to a level of hysteria and panic mm. like the bbc headline had the word panic in it um uh, uh, with regards to london where it's not even clear that there are any more bed bugs than usual reading down into the piece there are always some bed bugs in london yeah so like it's not like we've eradicated rabies but oh look there's all polio or something yeah oh yeah. my god hey <laughs> look it's back or something, yeah, or, you know, yeah, there's one yeah. case of bubonic plague yeah. or Ebola has come back. Like, you know, apparently there are always some bed bugs. Yeah. Just, just for, you know, we've, we've all been getting on with our lives fine. Yeah. We're, like these last few years. Um, but the Paris, the, so, you know, France is the, I think the nearby center of this stress. And because mm. of the Eurostar and the close relationship we have, you know, Britain has with France, it, it's why it's, they've managed they who's they who am i blaming this on but like this is you this know, is it if it's a moral panic media, if it's a moral where's it coming who, from yeah who is who is wh where is the lack of the morality who's the is it the bed bugs <laughs> who's been immoral yeah, yeah. The the bed bugs, are the yeah. bed bugs immoral well, they, are they um, french are they drinking too much red wine and, <laughs> <laughs> and getting, getting carried away <laughs> yeah. and like shagging and yeah. reproducing <laughs> and that's immoral. and so there are more of them or like should they stay where they belong and if so where is that yeah. Where, are where? we slut shaming bedbugs? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, the BBC headline um, is it, for is the it Paris like, story. Is it on like degeneracy? Is it that we're not clean well, enough? I'm glad like... you mentioned degeneracy because I think this is ultimately, like this actually is a really interesting story uh, beyond the sort of my initial reaction, which is to laugh at the Daily Star and mm -hmm. like, and their sort of, you know, relentless focus on something that is not, you know, it's always going to be something much sillier than what everyone else is talking about. Um, it, you know, the Daily Star is probably also the kind of newspaper that would put like a shark panic in the summer mm. on the cover because one shark was seen. Many in Bournemouth. Probably in an <laughs> yeah. aquarium or something. And like, like, oh my God, Jaws, you yeah. know, Jaws 2023 is here. There's right? a lion in Essex. Yeah, yes. Like a very small oh cat. my God, yeah, yeah, exactly. Or like a slightly larger cat than usual. It's a slightly larger cat than usual <laughs> that's like wearing like a, a wig or something. Are we body shaming the cat? Yeah, we, apparently so. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, like it's, it's something that speaks to kind of a really, um, I think it's really interesting psychologically. Mm. Like, why would we panic about a thing that hasn't, I mean, you know, famous last words. Maybe this, by the time this podcast goes out in like a week, yeah. like, you know, we'll all be absolutely ridden, you know, with them. Um, lousy, even. In fact, oh. as an aside, can I just mention uh, a, uh, I mean, I'd say this in a tongue in cheek way, a favourite of ours, George Orwell, uh, on this podcast. <laughs> But in, no, but for real. In, so glad that we've read some fucking Orwell. We have read some fucking Orwell. And, and, I, and I, I read some fucking Orwell quite a long time ago. Like, Homish Catalonia was one of my favourite books as a teenager and really kind of taught me a lot about divisions within the left. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a whole appendix about, like, the different Trotskyist groups and how they had 
falling out with us, you know, mm. were at war with the Stalinist groups and the anarchist groups, and, uh, how that all fitted together. It's deeply educational to me, so cultivated a lifelong interest in Spain. So I will big up that book. It's a really good book. Um, and, you know, very impressive thing that all did in getting shot in the neck, I think. In the end. Anyway, but yeah, he, this is a man who was shot. <laughs> one, in of his, one of his greatest achievements. One of his greatest achievements. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, you know, um, it, it's, it's an extraordinary thing that he did. Bear in mind that he was shot in the neck. His takeaway from fighting in the Spanish Civil War was that the real, like, um, what was that what had the greatest negative effect on his psychology was not being shot in the neck. Uh, it was one, the boredom that was yeah. the worst thing about fighting the Spanish Civil War, and two, the lice. Yeah. And he he then goes off on a little tangent, which really stays with me, which is. You know, people, particularly Americans, uh, in the mid-century period, I suppose, were quite prone to using the word lousy. Oh, man, that's so lousy. Like, in, in Implying very... that the lice are lazy. Well, you know, <laughs> I mean, lousy, you would just say to be like, oh, that's disappointing. Yeah. Like, just it's a very soft yeah. uh, pejorative. Yeah. Um, and, he, and he was, like, at pains to be like, this should not be, like, a gentle uh -huh. word for, like, a gentle disappointment or something that is just a bit underwhelming yeah. or a bit late to be lousy let me tell you yeah. is like the worst thing Ooh. you can ever be yeah. you will never rest you'll never you know will peace. never be comfortable you will never know peace exactly and there is nothing you can do because it is in the they are in the lining of your trousers they are in every item of clothing they are in your <laughs> hair yeah god imagine Maybe that was what was missing on the Republican side in the Spanish Civil War, was just like a battalion <laughs> of hedgehogs. And then all of a sudden, yeah, it's, it's, I think, I think how we've... Different, how different that book would have been. I always say there are no new books to be written about the Spanish Civil War because there are just too many already, but you've just come up with the idea for one, like the hedgehog battalion. Um, so yeah, that, that, thank you for listening to my, my actually overly long digression on Orwell and lice. You don't want lice. No. That's the, that's the bottom line. Have you ever had any um, infestations? Myself. Yeah. Uh, well, so Nits as a kid. Yeah. about this. Nits as a kid, obviously. Yeah. El Clasico. Um, no one tells you when you're a kid, by the way, oh, Nits love clean hair, which I now know. I feel like I've heard that now. Have you heard that? Do you know that? I thought that I, I thought that, that was part of the stigma of getting Nits. Was that if you got Nits, that you appeared as if you yeah. were yeah. Like, oh, no. yeah. Well, no, they, but, that, but the irony is yeah, they, they love, like clean yeah. hair, apparently. Yeah. I've now learned. But, you know, no one tells you that at the time. Although, to be honest, if you get nits at primary school, everyone else has got it anyway. Right? Yeah. So, you know, we're all, like we're all in together. But, yeah, I mean, that which is very very much the, yeah, the, the MO of the nits, <laughs> I think. Um, and then my cat, uh, R.I.P. Lenny, um, she, about five, six years ago, got... Fleas? Cat, fleas, that's it. Fleas. I was going to say cat nits, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, she got fleas, which was... That was actually, you know, the only time as an adult I've been like, wow, this is upsetting in a way that I wasn't really expecting. Yeah. yeah. Like, there, there, is, there is a certain amount of, you know, like I know we're saying it like hardly, but yeah, it's hard to find peace when you are looking at every item. And yeah. I think it's the invisibility yeah. or near invisibility of these sort of extremely tiny um, infestations, which isn't to say that I particularly want rats or, you know, raccoons or whatever. <laughs> You can, people get raccoon they, infestations, they don't they? like quite a sweet infestation, raccoons. You're just thinking of the cartoon. <laughs> yeah, oh, they're so cuddly, but yeah. 
Yeah. They were fucking around your bins. You'd be, you'd be living. Right? <laughs> Oi! <laughs> Stop fucking around my bins. <laughs> but, but yeah, so so the, the way we had to respond to that was like, Lenu, I think, had to wear a cone for a little bit. And, oh wow, really and, bad. And, um, I can't remember. Like, she was definitely because Prof, Prof or something. Would get fleas, but they would just be so random because he used to like fight foxes. <laughs> oh my so god, what a legend! <laughs> So he'd end up like fighting them and like hanging out with them or whatever. He had, well, they'd have a fight and then he'd be like, he had some, they'd sort he had of like wild friends that one. <laughs> they'd just sort of fall back exhausted, like they just sort of shagged and have a cigarette <laughs> and just be like, well, look, it was a good fight, you win this time. But um, let's come on, let's let's just nurse our bruises over a whiskey. It's how I'm imagining that went. But no, we it wasn't actually the most tortuous fix, mm. like. I think there was some medication for Lenny. Maybe mm-hmm. she didn't have a code actually, but she had been scratching on, which was that's upsetting to see. Yeah. Like seeing yeah. your animal infested yeah. and uncomfortable and not even being able to say they're there mm-hmm. and having mm-hmm. sort of fully understand what you're saying. Um, but we didn't have to burn all of our furniture. No. What about I, you? I've had a few actually. Um, one was when I was at university. Nice. I've had a few, <laughs> but then again, few to mention. <laughs> When I was at university, oh my God. So I don't know how, right? I was at the top of the house. Underneath was a shop. Mm. Then there was another layer of like rooms, like living room and a couple of other like rooms. And then my room was like at the top of the house. Yeah. But I would get slugs in my room. No. And honestly, I went out on the night out and I oh came back God. and it was like four in the morning. And I was so, I was just obviously four in the morning, just been out on the night out, yeah. come back, open my door, and there was a slug on my pillow. No. <laughs> just this long, oh. long slug. I was like, no. There's something about the trail as well. And it being just, on my pillow, yeah, like my head could yeah. have been there. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's, ah, that oh, is, it was that, really horrible. That's the worst thing. You have just reminded me actually of, because I think, I think maybe, okay, let's drill down into one of the problems, one of the things that I think uh, might generate a panic about bed bugs is mm-hmm. the other half of the word that is bug. It's the mm-hmm. fact that you, it's close it's to something which feels so private, yeah. so intimate, where you are at your most vulnerable yeah. because you're, a fucking, you're asleep. Yeah. Um, and on that score, I'm just going to tell a favourite story quickly uh, relating to my mate Tam, friend of the pod, who grew up in New Zealand where there is something called a weta, which, uh, again, I really want you to Google this. It's spelled W-E-T-A. Uh, in fact, Kasia, will you Google this right now so you can see what this looks like while I'm talking? So the wet, a weta, uh, which is about as big as your hand and is basically a prehistoric sort of... Ah! Yeah, you can hear Kasia's reaction there. Oh, my God, kind no. of a pre, It's sort of like a prehistoric dinosaur instinct insect. Like a giant, be, like a kind of locust, yeah. like, a, oh, my God. The one that could be as but big like as armored? your palm like, and, like, yeah. an armoured, exactly. Um, oh, my God, it's massive. It's really massive. One of these... Oh, that one eating a carrot's quite cute. <laughs> I'm smiling. Kasha's found a wetter. There's, there's, no, there's no pest that Kasha couldn't love, um, which, which is a great quality. Um, so Tan is lying in bed and a wetter falls from the ceiling oh, onto no. his face. No. He goes... Oh. And, sm- and like just instinctively smacks it off his face with one hand. It flies across the room, hits the wall, and then like... You know, like drizzles, like, like dribbles dead down the wall, <laughs> leaving a trail of blood or whatever, whatever is inside oh a wetter. In a, yeah, oh so that's pretty gory stuff. Um, we should have put a trigger warning on this oh, episode God. for just gro- grossness. 
Um, yeah, I mean, because cockroaches are a big one. And when when I was in Italy with mm. Kate recently, um, every single we were living in this like old apartment, like in Rome. And mm. every single time we came down the stairs, there was like one cockroach dead. And then you'd come down the next day and there was another cockroach with him. And it was like, oh, and we were like joking, like, oh, he's found his mate. <laughs> and then there was like another one. And by the end of oh us leaving, there were like four or five. I was going to add about mice, if it's not too early to move on to mice. No, I think, no, I think let's move on to mice. And then, and then we've got moths. Okay, I'm, I'm God, we've got moths. <laughs> Don't say it like that. That's really alarming. Um, but yeah, so I was, I was thinking about, of course, I have, I have as anyone, I think, living in London has had mice at some mm. point. Um, and, I, and ironically, it was in the flat that I was living in with my ex-girlfriend who, where we got two cats for mm. the first time. I mean, I say ironically in that, like, the mice were there beforehand. We got cats for unrelated reasons, basically. Right. Not, not to control, not as pest control. Yeah. Um, and that's the worst. Well, they would have loved it, no? Well, so this is the thing. I remember waking up in the middle of the night and it was the waking up in the middle of the night I wanted to really mention, actually. What is so, I think, upsetting and disturbing about an infestation that is in your bedroom is the idea that I think that you might be woken up by it and you are in that vulnerable state, right? Mm-hmm. And you are in a kind of, um, I think the word's hypnagogic uh, state, which yeah. is like between wakefulness and sleep. Um, and Because you're you so are, vulnerable. You're, you? you're extremely vulnerable and you're not, you you're not yourself right yeah. you're not you're not thinking clearly you're not thinking rationally everything sort of seems a bit bigger or a bit mm. louder or a bit scarier or a bit more surreal mm. because your consciousness is sort of drifting in and out and when your consciousness is drifting in and out specifically because of that uh, right you see that noise it's awful yeah. isn't it it's the worst noise and yet you know rationally a mouse yeah. So it's a cute little thing. It's not really, it's okay, it's not super hygienic. You do want to get rid of them, but like, yeah. it really isn't the most terrifying thing. It's not a fucking scorpion. Now, I am legitimately scared of scorpions. Fortunately, I'm never going anywhere that has them, I don't think, you know. Uh, but, but I do think they, but, they get you know, infestations of oh, scorpions oh. in other, like, scorpions are pests in why other have, places. Why have I brought them up? <laughs> Just to terrify myself. But yeah, I think, I think part of the nightmarishness that is sort yeah. of uh, that exists within human culture about these because yeah. i think i think the point i kind of want to make and discuss is that we sort of overreact to yeah. these a lot of the time yeah like the you know the pan the idea of panic in paris panic in london about bedbugs when like yeah. basically all the science is saying like yeah they're sort of always here maybe there's been a slight uptick pun intended in paris <laughs> but not in london yet like, why think, do we I overreact? Think... We overreact because it really gnaws at something yeah. deep in our kind of yeah. neuroses as human yeah. beings. I think the our... anxiety is catching. Yeah. Because I've noticed this with myself. Right. Especially when I'm, like, feeling quite stressed about various things, Ooh. I'll become, like, much more hypersensitive and aware of, like, like, again, like, like I said, like, when my friend said, like, two years ago, oh, bed bugs, I was like, shut up. Yeah. Like, this is ridiculous. And then increasingly, like when I'm feeling stressed or whatever, I'm like, oh my God, I can't sit down on the tube. Or if I do sit down on the tube, I have to fucking take my, like put my clothes in a different room that is not connected to my bed. Wow, really? (laughs) And my dad, I said this to my dad, Mm. to which he wasn't like, oh, Kesha, like, why are you stressed? Like, is there anything I can do? Like, oh, I'm sorry that you're stressed. He was like, you know, Kesha, the bed bugs. They can smell your CO2. They know where your bed is. And I was like, oh my 
That's so funny. That's good. That's my good. My very ta- Polish dad trying to ruin my life. It's good dad teasing. I really back it. Um, I thought you were going to say that he said that you know they can smell fear, but maybe they can smell maybe that they as can well. Smell but no, that's that's really interesting that you you know it's sort of a displacement anxiety yeah, for you almost. I think so. But it's a good it's a good fallback for our anxieties, which mm. we all have in a way, but or a good place to deposit them mm. perhaps. In that I think it sort of maybe it speaks to. Um, something that is almost like a, an inherited um, human instinct, evolutionary mm. one that possibly goes back millennia to when we were farmers or like we all lived off the land rather, mm. um, that an infestation would be a threat that threatened our livelihoods forever. Okay, right? so I'm really glad that you brought this up. Okay. Because one of the reasons why I wanted to do the hedgehog toy as, a, as the cursed object was mm-hmm. because... I thought it was important to contextualize this like current bed, bed bug thing mm. with like history, with the fact that like historically, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> historically, pests have existed and they have been a scourge historically throughout our mm. entire mm. civilization, right? Or whatever you want to call it, like all the way back through time. And I did some very, very thorough research on Wikipedia about <laughs> the history of pests. Yes, I need the best for you um, listeners. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Homer's Iliad, for example, mentions locusts taking, you know, and there's a lot of stuff in the Bible about locusts. Oh, cool. But there was this really lovely little, um, because pests can um, impact on agriculture, a lot of people have like made made prayers about like deliverance from pests. And this oh. one I thought was quite sweet. It's from the 10th century, <laughs> 10th century Greek monk, Tryphon of Constantinople, and the prayer, it, the prayer is mm. snails, earwigs, and all other creatures wow. hurt not the vines, nor the land, nor the fruit, nor the trees, nor <laughs> the vegetables, just covering all bases. Yeah, yeah, hurt, hurt not the vines. But depart into the wild mountains. Oh, how? And that's the that's quite century. nice. Just, what? just head up to the mountains, guys. Just could you Listen, just, could just you leave you us alone? Leave <laughs> the vines. Yeah. Up the mountain, though. Yeah. Fucking loads of vines. Fine. Yeah. Absolutely. Just go for it, honestly. <laughs> Make yourself at home. Loads of vines up eat there. Eat the vines there. Just eat not the vines down here. Someone else's problem. Not our <laughs> vines. The mountain vines. But yeah, it's sort of, I, I, you know, the, the, it would make sense that, like, that biblical, like, legacy, I mean, you know, it's, it, it's in our culture every day. It's mm-hmm. not like it needs to be, it's not a big leap, really, is yeah. it? Like, you know, yeah. like every time we do... Uh, you know the Passover meal in my family. They're like Seder. There are the seven plagues. Mm-hmm. Um, include one. One of them is locusts. You know? Yeah. I mean, one of them is wild beasts, which is less of a problem in South London. But we did. I mean, we're <laughs> nor a locust for that matter. But actually, I say that we've got. Fo- there are a lot of foxes about. But I really like the fox. Yeah, I was going to ask you what's your favourite besties, worsties, pests. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Because I think I think one of my besties is mice. Because I think they are cute. Oh well, and I like them on the tube. I think they're good. Yes, you know when you're like really drunk on the, the tube, tube and you see a little mouse. Yeah. Oh, also, it's a reminder of how much better London is than New York. Sorry, American listeners, because they we have, have cute little mice. Yeah. They have terrifying rats that eat pizza. Yeah, that the, the size. <laughs> Do you know about rats? the pizza rat? No. Oh, there was there was this like icon for um, for New York a couple of years ago. There was, Someone photographed oh, yeah. a ratty, like, yeah, carrying an entire... Because it was a New York slice, yeah. like, a bad slice of pizza. <laughs> um, because it was a New Shots York slice. Fired, yeah, I know. Just, you know <laughs> come on, go to Naples. 
Um, but yeah, because it was because it was eating New York slice, it was like this is the ultimate quintessential avatar for our city. Which, to be fair, is very funny and very very apt. But yeah, tiny little mice. Very. I mean, I'm glad you mentioned that their cuteness as well because actually, when we did have mice in my old flat, mm. we we got kimchi. Um, my other cat is still alive, and she. Uh, is not the biggest or most terrifying of cats. She's the opposite, basically. She's, she's, so she, she's a very small cat and she's very sweet and not the most ruthless of killers. As became clear when I was woken up in the middle of the night by that horrible noise, uh, I was like, oh God, not again. And I sort of like kind of, you know, in trepidation and dread of having to somehow try and deal with it and mm. struggle to do that, looked uh, looked at, down the side of my bed and saw kimchi was right there with the mouse frozen because you you normally just see pion like yeah. you know they're like skirting boards skirting boards yeah um, uh, and which is why that's so hard to catch Polly but kimchi had it frozen like it was clearly just terrified it was such a poor thing really but she was pouring at it with her claws away like she it's just like, found a little you. toy <laughs> yeah but like a toy that she wasn't going to hurt and she didn't kill it <laughs> Because she's a lover, not a fighter. That's you know? it, Kimchi. You yeah. have one job. She's a vegetarian. Well, she's not a vegetarian, but she prefers to eat, you know, fish that's been lovingly prepared for her. Because I would, I would also say here that my least favourite. Yeah, come on, what's your this, worst? This, 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 you is good, this is a good time to introduce this. Actually, is moths, right? Ooh. And it's a very specific type of moth because obviously I live in like an old house, so. Yeah. When we moved in, fucking out, it was just like infested with moths. Ooh. There were so many moths. Um, and then my mum took some things from my nan's house to our to my family home, to her house. Mm. And then and then we had moths at my mum's house, never oh, had God. them before. But my least favourite is a very specific type of moth. We've kind of got the moths under control now, but a very specific type of moth called a pantry moth. Ooh. Have you heard of a pantry moth? Uh, I think now you mention it. It's a very North London thing to the extent where, <laughs> honestly, to the extent where I mentioned well it. Well connected on the tube. Yeah, so. I, mentioned, <laughs> I mentioned it to someone who lived in Kentish Town and she was like, oh my God, yeah, we've got pantry moths and have you met the p pantry moth shaman? Oh my and I God, like, no. who is this person? <laughs> so there is a pantry moth, moth whisperer that works <laughs> in and around Kentish Town. I'm not joking. I'm not joking. Which is why I kind of read that like little prayer. Mm. And I actually haven't rung up her services, but she will come round to your house for free and does like some chanting and stuff. Oh my God. Pantry moths are the most horrendous thing. So you know when you associate like maggots with like, you associate maggots with like raw meat, right? Now pantry moths are moths that can eat through plastic and they can get into your dried goods. Oh so they can like nibble, nibble into your pasta and eat your pasta or your rice or whatever. And then they lay eggs that then like create these like web-like little oh creatures wow. that then turn into maggots. Yeah. For dried food. Yeah, I've no, I found them. And then they, and then, before. and then the maggots become the moths. That's so, so awful. No, I, I, I remember. I, I put I, everything in glass I, jars. I was fucking traumatized yeah. when I like opened a stock cube, and it was honestly <gasps> no, crawling. No, it was crawling. Oh. It was like wiggling. Oh, stop it! <laughs> That's just doing hand movements as well, just to make that as worked, which is the revenge I deserve for making mouse noises earlier. But. Um, <laughs> No, I now you meant oh that's such a vivid description and yeah. a, a 
a clear winner for Worsty as well. I mean, but great protein, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, look, there's that awful-looking Sardinian cheese, which still has yeah. some maggots in it. And, and the Mexican and mezcal, right? Mexican mezcal, they have like a little worm at the bottom. Yeah, it's not alive though, is it? No, because it's in because it's, 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 it's been it's drowned in alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not, yeah, I'm not clear on what the actual reality of the whole tequila slash mezcal worm is, but um, but I have seen uh, those moths before mm. in, or rather, and I've seen well, I've seen the maggots as well. I've seen in our flower in uh, in like t- two or three houses ago, house share in North London. Actually, actually yeah, North I told London. you, yeah, told you. Park. And, uh, Pantry I, moths are North London. I remember me and the aforementioned. They support Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> That's a nice bit of slander, yeah. Uh, me, me and the aforementioned house, ex-housemate Tan, I remember discovering them, throwing a lot of stuff out and not having any dinner. Like, yeah. no, never have I been so put off my yeah. appetite. And it takes extraordinary things to put me off my appetite. Because, it's, because so, it's dry as well. Like, yeah. dry plaster is so dry. So, so, what, where are they getting the moisture from? How are they getting through plastic as well? That's the thing I didn't know. That, yeah, I don't know how. Because I'm, you know, I now, I, ever since then, I do make an effort to try and, like, you know, properly seal, like, a bag of flour. But that sounds like I'm not honestly, doing... Yeah, honestly. Do you they, still keep things in jars, then? All of my stuff is in glass jars, right. just in case, because yeah. it was so traumatic yeah, going yeah, through all my fucking lentils. to go back there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was fucking, it was really shit. Oh. Honestly, like, they say when nuclear apocalypse comes, it'll be the cockroaches that survive, but it will be the North London pantry. <laughs> <laughs> just eating all of our food after we've all gone. Yeah, yeah. And I would, I mean, so you've made a very powerful case for both bestie and worsty there. I don't. I'm not sure I can top either. I mean, I've already said I loathe and I'm terrified by scorpions, which I think is primarily because they have far too many ways of attacking you. Like, why do they have the side pinchery things and the top pinchery thing? Like, just yeah. chill out. Yeah, consolidate. Like, just have one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, <laughs> it's not that it's inefficient. It's more just overkill. I like, quite like them, though, because I like that they've really? got an exoskeleton kind of situation. Do you? I don't really know how it works. I don't know why you would like that, but but, but it is, it's an interesting-looking yeah. animal. It's just a, it's a terrifying-looking <laughs> one as well, I would say. Um, so to go back to the history... Yes, please. So, obviously, I kind of wanted to think about the different ways that pests have existed throughout time. And I introduced myself as a squanderbug. Yes. Now, I just think this is such a gorgeous and useful metaphor for waste, right? I was just talking then about throwing away all my fucking lentils and all mm. of my dried goods, which was, you know, some of those lentils I've had for ages. Yeah, yeah. And I was really, I was really saving them up to make a really great stew. I know. And then they're all gone gutting, right? As and well I had as, to chuck it all away. As well as gross. As yeah, well. I had to chuck it yeah. all away. Um, so I thought that was quite a nice little metaphor for this idea of like the squander bug. And mm. for those of you that don't know, the squander bug was a character, I would say, a character mm. that had been, that was created during the Second World War by the artist Philip Boydell, who was an employee of the National Savings Committee. And the committee raised funds by urging the public to save their own money and invest it in the war effort. Wow. Uh, yeah, I just lifted that from the IWM website. No, that's, but that's actually what it was. I mean, you, were, you, you did your it's PhD fine, on yeah. the IWM. You, yeah, I can, you have, I can lift whatever I want. You, yeah, you have free reign over all of their copyright. But I just found it really fascinating because obviously during the Second World War, um, there is this like, you know, moment of rationing. There is like far less mm-hmm. goods available. So the Squanderbug was... It was designed, a mascot, really. It was a mascot, it? Like yeah. it's on posters. Um, yeah, it's, it's yeah. part of a 
it's a way it's a way of explaining a campaign yeah against what were people supposed to have been wasting their money on um just like buying too much stuff oh, right. not even under rationing or you could do that i guess just if like, the stuff wasn't rationing. and if you didn't need it you know like buying extra and so, so they like, wanted people was... to buy war bonds instead or something. my feeling is that this was less about eat your potato peels and more keep your money mm. in the country and in banks because what mm. happens when you're in a war and basically you might be sent off to imminent death right mm. if you're like a soldier or whatever what would you do with your money, right? You'd probably spend your money on what little joy right. you could get, I right? Yeah. So saving that, and actually it's really interesting. I think Dan Todman wrote about this. I want to get this right. But um, in terms of uh, the colonies as they were at the time, mm. a lot of um, how Britain actually used the colonies during the Second World War was economic in mm -hmm. the sense that they, that they were on like some type of like banking bond so like actually a lot of the contributions mm. of to the brit to britain and the british empire were all dan Tomlin says that they were significantly from the empire from the economic aspect mm. rather than from like uh, troops on the ground kind of situation yeah it was all about the kind of like horrible and nasty ways the british banking system operates to like extract capital mm. from from like the colonies as they were at the time yeah. Um, so there's a really, really brilliant poster, Wanted, The Sabotage, The Squanderbug, alias Hitler's, aka Hitler's Pow, <laughs> known to be at large in certain parts of the kingdom, usually found in the contempt, oh sorry, usually found in the company of useless articles, um, has a tempting leer and a flattening manner. I don't well, know what that one means. Wanted, also for the crime of, quotes, shopper's disease. Uh, so I understand what the campaign is. We've just, you know, explained it. It's trying to persuade. It's sort of part of the uh, the home front war effort, basically. Mm -hmm. Like, don't yeah, keep your war savings. I, I think it's quite strange the extent to which they've developed this character. Yes. They described him as having a leer. Yeah. Like, like a you know, like a really drunk man in a pub. Yeah, like, like really anthropomorphising yeah, this bug yeah, in yeah. the way that they are anthropomorphising that little hedgehog at the beginning. Oh, Bill Sykes. Yeah, well, at the other um, end of the spectrum from the cute hedgehog fluffy toy is this absolute <laughs> horror. Because there's, so there's a few posters. We'll post links in the description. Listen, so you yeah. check out the squander bug in all its in glory. Um, there's a few posters that we've part of this campaign. And then there's a soft toy version that is covered in swastikas. Yeah, well, it was it's a it was, fucking Nazi bug. Yeah, it was an it was, it was an Story. air rifle target. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they put this they put this um, bug like fluffy bug type of toy with these little spindly arms and these big ears and then like a little Hitler moustache, oh, but with loads of swastikas on it. Mental. And they use that. I mean, I just think that that is that's a dedication to like not using up things that I can't even understand. Do you sure, know what I mean? as, as we all like to, you know. Yeah, we all like to be thrifty. We yeah. all like to save our scraps or whatever. Use the leaves from the cauliflowers, yeah, re-eat yeah. your leftovers, <laughs> etc. But imagine then like, I don't know, anthropomorphizing something and then putting it on a stick to then shoot at with, with rifles. Well, it's the fact Because it's, you hate squander so much. Yeah. It's like one step, it's one step. It's the fact it's like a Hitler bug as well yeah. and it's covered in swastikas that I find extraordinary. So isn't it even weirder when you think that like this squander bug that they like put up as like rifle practice was actually like an economic kind of, a manifestation of an economic policy? <laughs> yeah, no, really. And, and I suppose it speaks to that, yeah, the... 
the strained finances of the British state at that particular moment. Mm. Ordinarily, you want people spending money in the economy. Mm. It, you know, circulates. Mm. <laughs> it, it kind of, it, it generates, like, you know, fears during COVID that people were just sitting on their savings mm. um, were, were very real, you know, because that, then you have knock-on effects. Like, mm. you know, the, the um, if people aren't spending money in shop number one, um, then the shopkeeper in that shop can't then go and spend his money or her money in shop number two. Mm. Uh, there is a term for this, I've forgotten it. <laughs> but yeah, the, like the, there's a, a multiplier effect from like people spending effectively. So it's it's telling that they would actually try and discourage that, mm. like the state in that particular moment. That's how desperate <laughs> thing, things have become, which they, I'm sure they were. I mean, it, the connection to National Socialism is kind of an interesting one as well, actually, because there is definitely uh, a part of, like, some of the uh, hygieno-fascism, is that the yeah, right word? Like, so. you know, like, that some of the uh, strains of anti-Semitism and other forms of, like, racism and, and like, mm -hmm. Nazism in the past have talked about, you know, a skirt, and you hear it in anti-immigrant racism mm. from the extreme right, the idea that, like, um, but I mean, when they used there is an infestation yeah. of, of when, human beings yeah. that are unwanted. When they like, used dehumanising language, like yeah. causing it, like calling it like yeah. you know a plague, or calling it yeah. like what was it, Katie Hopkins calling like those seeking like yeah. refuge like cockroaches and stuff yes. like that. Yes. Like the yeah. level of dehumanisation is just mad. no, no. Kate, Kate Hopkins is a very good example of a very yeah a recent use about about migrants from from a you know, mainstream British newspaper columnist as she was at the time. The language of, of infestation is so, I think it's so powerful when we are talking about actual bugs for all those reasons we were discussing, you know, the, the way it unsettles some of the most basic kind of needs we have, which is, you know, along the lines of comfort in our house, you know, mm -hmm. like stability and cleanliness and order. Mm -hmm. You know, bugs remove your control from that. Mm. You know, like, well, they, well, the ground beneath your feet is suddenly crawling, whatever, right? Yeah. Like, it's, it, it goes back to sort of, you know, our ancient ancestors and fears of having the crop ruined and therefore dying of, of sort of malnutrition and hunger. But it's also, you know, it has its own contemporary resonance as well. Mm. Um, okay, so to wrap up, when we were talking about this, about, about this topic of pests, I was like to you, oh my God, Dan, have you seen those like Instagram posts and like Twitter posts where people are like, this Halloween, I went as a French bed bug and like they'll dress oh, up as like a bed bug, but like with like a beret <laughs> and like a baguette and like to bring, to marry the squander bug <laughs> with the bed bug. Do you reckon uh, in the Second World War during Halloween they were dressing up as squandermans? <laughs> I'm not sure that costuming was quite the same. Uh, was quite as popular during World War Two as it is now. But presuming that, I mean, we don't. We've done a Halloween episode in the past, by the way, for anyone who's interested in the spookier rather than the more creepy crawly side of spooky season. Uh, it does feel kind of apt that we're talking about this this time of year, though, because it is. It is part of the ghoulish, the unsettling, the, you know, the disturbing in, a, in that sort of everyday kind of way. Um, I don't know when people, when did people start wearing Halloween costumes in this country? I guess that's a that's 70s? A <laughs> it's a question for another day, isn't it? But um, if you're asking me in an indirect way, because you're too shy to come out and say it, 
should I should I cash a tea, Doctor Cash a tea, dress up as a squander bed bug for <laughs> for Halloween this year? Uh, no, <laughs> you should. No, actually, I'd love to see that. We'd all love to see that. Oh. One of many costumes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no one will have a clue what you are. You're Oh uh, and you'll probably get arrested. And that's the bell. I hate crime. <laughs> yeah, the bell on Cash's computer has just uh, just gone off. It is, a, <laughs> it is, if we may say, a Friday afternoon, and uh, unusually we don't have any Rattlers here, so we do need to get off and go to the pub. Desperate for a drink. But thank you so much for listening, guys. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. And if you enjoyed this episode, please remember to support us on Patreon. Um, or just tell a friend about yeah. us. That's also really great. We've had loads of like, loads of people have spoken to me and been like, oh, a friend recommended your podcast. Oh, that's and nice. It's really nice. Oh my God, I had someone come up to me uh, in the pub on Friday before last, before producer Nick's uh, gig and debut album. Really? Uh, well, not debut album. His, the premiere of his album, oh. uh, which is amazing and you should go and check out now. Mr. Beatnik and Richard Green, and it's a collaborative album. It's a such a legend. Beautiful kind of work of like ambient. Um, mm. uh, well, it takes it takes Beatnik's usual kind of Balearic palette and then takes it on a slightly more ambient journey. There was a lot of chat about Boards of Canada. Um, apparently, some people have been joking in his group of mates that they are Boards of Canada because they're both bald men. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but there's no greater recommendation to me as someone who grew up on boards of Canada, even, you know. Uh, and the gig was absolutely magical. Oh, of course. Um, I took along a friend of mine who um, hadn't been out to see any live music for a while. And oh. he, he said, this is one of the best gigs I've ever been to. Oh, my God, I'm so, so sad I wasn't there. I'm sorry, Cash, but you can still listen to the album, as can everyone else. Um, but, yeah, uh, prior to that, in the pub, someone came up to me and said that they were a Curse Objects fan, which was mind-blowing and slightly confusing. I love it when that happens. It's very sweet. It's really nice. So please, yeah, do keep passing the word around. Um, and yeah, if you want to join our Patreon, there are 20 odd, 25 possibly, bonus episodes in there. And you get stickers. Yeah, and you get stickers as well. Uh, <laughs> but, but either way, thanks very much for listening. Thanks so much, everyone. Bye.